Hello and welcome to the Caravan Industry Insights Podcast. This podcast is for anyone working in the caravan industry, whether you're from a manufacturer, supplier or dealer here in the UK or elsewhere. So listen every week to hear insights, interviews and marketing tips to help keep you and your business more informed and successful. I'm John Rawlings, a journalist and communications expert with a lifelong passion for caravanning and 20 plus years PR and event experience in the car and caravan industries. From starting in the editorial team at Practical Caravan Magazine to working in the press offices at Vauxhall, Volvo and Volkswagen and now in my own business specialising in the caravan industry. Hello, this is episode 9 of my Caravan Industry Insights podcast. And it's a bit of an unusual episode this week because I've recorded a few interviews from the Caravan Salon in Dusseldorf. It's the first time I've done any out and about interviews rather than the way I normally do it from my office. So uh, bear with me on the sound quality. I think it's okay, but obviously it sounds a little bit different to normal. I had a really, really good visit to the show. I, it was a real flying visit. I was only there for the for the Friday, which was a preview day. So in theory, that's only open to trade and media and exhibitors can invite a few sort of selected customers. So it was, wasn't too busy at all, but lots to see. I therefore had a lot to see in one day, all 16 halls with over 700 exhibitors. I didn't get a chance to see them all, obviously, but I did get to see some good highlights and it was definitely well worth my, my quick visit. So I don't know where to start really. I know. I would say that some of the trends I noticed at the show would be the a lot of talk around the lack of supply by Fiat and the Stellantis group. So a lot of manufacturers had developed models based on the Ford Transit, for instance, which looked pretty good, actually. I can think of a personal one I saw there, well, various manufacturers, too many to, to mention, really. And of course, Volkswagen making some inroads into this market, particularly at Knaus and Weinsberg, where they had some exciting new models done based on the Transporter T6.1, which I think makes a really desirable combination. And some larger models on the uh, Crafter, of course, which is also, I think, a really smart base vehicle. I think the first thing I saw when I arrived at the show was on the Hobby Sand, and that was a very interesting combination of the new VW ID Buzz, which is the electric vehicle, very retro styling, and it was attached to a, a concept version of the Hobby beachy model. It was it was under wraps when I first got there, but came back later in the day and, and was pleased to see that this hobby beachy air was a, yeah, a concept study and it has got a pop-up roof. The idea being that it's only just over two metres high when it's being towed, which is obviously very relevant to an electric car like the VW ID Buzz because it's obviously less wind resistance, etc., to affect the range of the vehicle. And also I know that the ID Buzz has a towing limit of a thousand kilograms at the moment. So the Beachy Air has an unladen weight of 500 kilograms because it's very, very like the rest of the range, which they launched last year. It's very simple inside, but the pop-up roof looks good. It has sort of solid sides rather than fabric, as you might expect. And the interior equally sort of simple, simplistic and minimalist as the rest of the model. But you obviously with a kitchen at the back you could stand up and use it i suppose anyway very interesting and it was color coordinated with the with the id buzz so that looked really cool i did various interviews at the show some of those i'm going to use as separate episodes over the coming weeks those include a chat with norbert the marketing manager at thetford then a very interesting interview with a polish brand called globe traveler 
They make uh, van conversions with uh, high roofs. Very, uh, very interesting new models, actually. And the well, the other interesting thing to this is that for the first time, they are going to be at the NEC show here in the UK in October. So that's a bit of a first for them. And they are appointing a UK agent who I spoke to the other night, but I don't think they're quite ready to release the details of that as of today. But hopefully by the time the episode goes out, I'll be able to include that in the in the introduction. After that, I also interviewed, had a good interview at Knauss actually, because they had a new concept of a, of a Tura CUV, that's a caravanning utility vehicle, in case you didn't know. It's on a VW T6.1, looks very smart, but it has a pop-up roof. Now, not the traditional camper van pop-up roof, which goes front to back or back to front. This one, the whole roof goes up, so fr from the front to the back, giving you full height throughout the interior. And they've utilised that feature to use a motorhome-style layout inside with a washroom, fixed rear bed, etc. So not, not your traditional camper van layout inside. That's going to go into production early next year, I think, I think he said, but you can hear more details of that in the interview. But the other interesting thing I talked to them about was a new caravan range, the Azure, which from the exterior looks looks pretty similar to any other caravan from the brand. But what is really interesting is the construction technique. The Canals have used their fibre frame technology in the little Travelino, which they had at, had at the show a few years ago, and they've developed that and now making it into, into the uh, scaled up for a full-size caravan. And the advantage of that, well, a big advantage, and the interesting part of that, is that they're able to use robots to, co to construct the frame of the caravan. Now, that's a bit of a first in the caravan industry, so it'll be really interesting to hear more about that in that episode. And also, it, it made the, the frame very much stronger, apparently, so that influenced the interior design. And then they've given the interior a whole new look as well with sort of dark panels etc but we'll go into that in more detail when we when we get to that interview but i really like i really liked it and it's definitely a very interesting move for the for the who else that sweet oh, i had a quick chat with the media director at a adac which is the organization which is best described as a combination between the aa and the caravan and motorhome club uh, the chap there i've known he used to he used to be based in the uk so that's that's quite an interesting insight into how they're marketing themselves at the moment and attracting new new audiences. But in this episode, I am including some interviews with there were a couple of British people I met there, none other than UK freelance caravan journalist Andrew Ditton, who you may remember from episode four. But I also bumped into Shane Malpass from WeBuyAnyMotorCaravan.com com and had a quick chat with him as well it was his first visit to the show so it was really interesting to get his first impressions then also a name that will be known to a lot of people in the uk caravan industry i saw kevin newton who was originally worked in the uk caravan industry for quite a while his last role was as a marketing manager at bailey of bristol but for the last 25 years he's lived in new zealand and has a company there called rv supplies so he had come over specifically all the way from New Zealand to the show to catch up with lots of suppliers in halls 13 and 14. So it's really good to see him because I haven't seen him for, well, several years. I have seen him at Dusseldorf before, but definitely pre-COVID. And it was interesting that he was saying there were quite a few Australians and Kiwis over there making up for the lost time of having not been able to come to the show for a couple of years. So, yeah, quite an international flavour to all that. And what other highlight? Oh, I missed another highlight. The other highlight was the uh, Bursner 
introduced their Lysio Gallery, which we they, they launched as a concept last year. And the key thing about it is that the front overhead cab is is a low profile for driving, but it has a pop-up alcove, they call it, with fabric sides, like, like a camper van, I suppose, creating an upstairs sleeping area and a really nice interior with steps going up to it. That was cool. And they also had an all-electric concept camper van based on the Ford Transit to gauge people's reactions. So interesting to see what what lines they're thinking thinking along. The only British caravans there I could see, forgive me if I've missed anyone, was obviously the Swift stand or marketed over there as Sprite. And it's cool to see the new colour scheme for the um, base camp model that was there. So yeah, I really liked, really liked that. I didn't see a lot of other British brands around, certainly not manufacturers. I think there were some, oh no, the, the, the fifth wheel company in, the, in Wales, they were there. I saw them, but uh, there's so much to see. I, there's no way I could see the whole thing in a day. I dipped into the camper van halls. They were, that's an area I really like. And hall three, where all the foreign travel and destinations are, are listed. That's, a, that's just a personal interest, really. Halls 13 and 14, of course, caravan in industry could all could be centred on that, those halls because every supplier under the sun for every part of the caravan seemed to be there. From the consumer brands that we know, like Dometic and Tule and Fiamma and uh, people like that, too, but to all the other individual suppliers, which I don't know them all very well, but uh, it's really interesting. And that I certainly know one British journalist who was there uh, all weekend catching up with all the technical information that was available there. My visit to the Dusseldorf Caravan Salon Dusseldorf 2022 was absolutely fantastic. I had a really busy day, came home with very sore feet after walking around 16 halls and chatting and interviewing lots of people. There was the, it's just a mind blowing show, and I, I can't begin to describe how exciting it is to see so much of the caravan industry present there. And not just for the caravans and latest motorhomes and camper vans, etc. But it was really good to see so much of the industry there as well. There were visitors from Australia, New Zealand, America, all over Europe. It was just shows to go how important this particular show is for the industry. So that's a brief summary of what this episode is all about. As I said, really enjoyed my visit. If you haven't been to the show before, do try and go one year. There's still time to go this year. It's open until Sunday the 4th of September that's this coming Sunday and oh yeah apologies for this episode being a bit later than normal but obviously I've traveled back from the show and had to upload a lot of stuff and get this editing done so I knew it wasn't going to be out uh, on time on uh, on the usual schedule but next week we will be back on schedule in episode next episode will be out on Tuesday and then every Tuesday I've got four more episodes already lined up from the people I've interviewed at the show. Anyway, that's enough for now. I'll go into the show and you can hear the impressions from the people I spoke to while I was there. Hello, this is a special episode of my Caravan Industry Insights podcast coming from the Caravan Salon in Dusseldorf. I've got lots of interviews lined up today, which is going to be really interesting because there's a lot of new products here and it's obviously the biggest art caravan stroke RV show in the world, it claims. This year there's over 730 exhibitors. They're saying that's the biggest ever. So that's going to be really exciting. And I've only got one day here, so it's going to be a very busy day looking around and catching up with as many people as possible. As I said, I've got some interviews and I'm going to catch some people along the way to get their, their impressions of the show. So let's go. So I've 
in Hall 11, and I've just found somebody I know. It's none other than Andrew Ditton, who's already been, well, actually, he's the first person to appear twice now on the podcast. Oh, my goodness. Fame <laughs> at last. Well done, Andrew. That's quite an accolade. If you haven't heard my interview with Andrew, that was in episode four, I think. So I think it was four. Yeah. Look, look back at that. So that was a really good one. So how's the show? You're busy filming and editing tonight, I believe, to get your first... Yes, um, Friday being press and trade day means that I come and get as much footage from the highlights as possible. So I'm here at eight o'clock and then I go back to the caravan. So I've actually got the caravan here and then I start editing and try and get the, the, the highlights out on the same day. Respect, is, respect. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's about an 18 hour day. And bearing Friday. in mind, it's now nearly five o'clock and you've been here since 8am. And I still need to go and see my friends at Atria. Okay, I won't keep you long. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so w- w- tell me some highlights then. W- what are we going to see on your show tonight? Well, the Heimer Venture S obviously has gone from prototype to production, which is very exciting. Yes. I, we've we here because we've just come and looked at this tiny, the Turks are here in, 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 en masse. There is a great Turkish company called 5X. I've been to look at their caravan, which is super. This little caravan here is like a tiny little hazelnut on wheels called by a company called Pino from Turkey. And what I love about this is it's a teardrop, but the kitchen is inside and the lounge is inside. So even though it's only 500 kilos unladen, wow. 750 laden, and it costs 13,500 euro. It's pretty good. It's... It's UK proof because I find so many teardrops are not UK proof. Yes. So I find that very interesting. There's a lot of great van conversions here, but I think we all, I think we'll all nod in agreement when we say the prices are going so high. We want, I wonder how long this can last and how much, how many people, how much people are going to buy into this at the current prices. There's also been some interesting advances on the electrical front, because as you know, I tour with an EV. Yeah, well done. And yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Where, where do I find that? Or where would someone find that at the show? So that's, there's two electric vans here. There's one on the person stand. Uh, that's Purcell. That's the manufacturer, not the... They have a day van. So even though they filled it with seats, it's still got a pop-up room with a bed and a tiny little one-burner hob in the back. Yes. Uh, I think that can do about 200 kilometres or 250 That's on a charge. It doesn't have rap- ultra-rapid charging, no. It takes, I think, 30 minutes to, to top up 30% of the battery. But it's a start, mm-hmm. and it's available now, whereas on the Burisna stand, Burisna have a Ford-based electric van conversion. Yeah which has a 68 kilowatt hour battery and it does have rapid charging, but not ultra rapid, well, fairly rapid charging, about 100 kilowatts charging. So you can, again, you can top that up from 20 to 80% in half an hour, which is which is the time it takes to, to make a cup of tea really and drink it. Yeah, that's good. But it's not yet for sale. That was a prototype. Oh, okay. And it was interesting. They were telling me they actually had to take the battery out to fit out this van conversion because they were so frightened of drilling into the battery. <laughs> so obviously that's not a viable way to build a, a van yeah. conversion. So a few things kudos to Bursner yeah. for, for giving it a go. And now they've 
brought their prototype here to, to gauge reaction and mm -hmm. see what people want. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, it's got LPG on board. Yeah. Whether the production vehicle will have LPG on board or not remains to be seen. Mm -hmm. And the only, uh, well, I was very excited. The first thing I saw when I walked in on the hobby stand was the VW ID Buzz. Yes, I saw that the other day on P1. Was <laughs> it? Yeah. And I saw it's towing a little beachy with a pop-up roof, which is interesting. That's right. Yeah, I saw the beachy last year. I like the beachy. I don't want to knock it, but I find it lacks windows. Yes, that's true. It does lack windows. I've seen one on the Autobahn and yeah, I think they, again, like, like a teardrop trailer, I think they're great in good weather. Yes. But I'm not sure they're UK proof. Could just, <laughs> yes. Could just do with another window or two to... It could. Make yeah, it a bit I, less box-like. I, feel, like. I yeah. feel. But yeah. I'm looking, I've not actually seen it, so I'm going to hopefully see that on the way out. It was, it was rammed. So yeah. you have to get in early to catch it's, that one, I think. Hard. Maybe I'll maybe I'll catch that one tomorrow. Maybe I'll leave that out the highlights and put that in that. Yeah, so video. there wasn't an ID buzz on the Volkswagen stand, which I was, I was expecting that to see me. One. Yeah, that me surprised too. me. Yeah, mm. I, I thought they would be, but... Mm. From talking to the people here at VW Commercial in Germany, yeah. I think they're waiting to where they're a bit further down the line with the California, which is, I hear the latest date is end of 2025. So still got a way to go. Yeah, yeah. Still got a yeah. way to go. But being VW, kudos to them. They're making sure they get it right before they release it onto the market. And yeah, I think that's And they've already got something like 10,000 orders, I believe, for the, for the, for the uh, ID. Wow. So they're wow. going to... Yeah. yeah, they're going to keep them busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've been chatting to the, the the guy from VW Commercial here in Germany who was doing a 26,000 kilometer tour in an ID bus. Cool. He's going to be at BusFest, I think, in a couple of weeks. Oh, yes. Malden. Yeah. So I might hook up with him then. Yeah. So that would be cool. Yeah. It's really good. But yeah, he they're really putting it to the test. So. I'm very excited. And then about just very briefly tell me, I have not watched your video yet, but you've done a video of your trip over here with your EV. And, I have. And a, yes. and a pretty impressive mileage. Yes. On the last leg of the journey, I was snuck in a, a line of traffic, and we all know that gives us better fuel economy. And it gave me a, a possible range of 200 miles on one charge towing a caravan. I think that's not unrealistic in normal, in normal circumstances. You would get about 100. 40, 150 miles towing, which I think is, is brilliant. Is. That's and, all, and, and basically the main takeaway of the journey here, towing a caravan with an electric car, was that if you can use your charging time wisely, which I, to me was putting the bed away, having breakfast, taking the dog, it doesn't actually take longer at all. No. Now, I understand the, the one main downside was the fact I did need to detach the caravan on many occasions to charge the car. Yeah. And... I'm not too happy about leaving it unattended no. as people would. But many people travel in couples. So yes, that's true. one person yeah. could stay with the caravan. Yeah. But it was a yeah. success. Well and, and the one, my, my one feeling from that trip is if you offered me my diesel car back, I would say no, thank you. I, I do enjoy it. It's so relaxing, quiet, and smooth with the EV. Yeah, and yours is particularly a good looking one, I think. It's, it's it is. It's beautiful. We, we saw one on holiday. Actually, my wife hadn't seen one before. She went, wow, what's that? I said, oh, let me tell you. <laughs> they're, very, they're really, really nice. And have you found charging it over here? Is, is the infrastructure easier, better? It's, it's only a couple of hundred miles to Dusseldorf. Oh, that's true. But, but, so I only charged it once at an Ionity charger. Right. But what was interesting was at the campsite in the Netherlands, which was an organic farm, they had a 22 kilowatt charger on site. Oh. That was a game changer because if you even have just have a seven kilowatt charger on site, it means people can arrive with an empty battery, leave with a full battery in the morning, which you can't do when you're plugged into the caravan of the site supply. 
So presumably people are going to start searching for sites like that if they've got an EV, aren't they? Absolutely. So made them run. Absolutely. Yeah. Because if, if a site has even just a seven kilowatt charger, mm -hmm. you only need to stay one night and you can carry on with a full battery the next day. If they don't, you need to stay for two nights and not everyone's got that luxury of time yeah. to, charge, to charge the battery on two kilowatts plugged into the... Uh, 13 up socket in the camera. Brilliant. Well, I look forward to following your travels. Thank you. Are you heading straight home after this or are you doing any I other am, adventures? Yeah, I am. I'm heading straight home. I'm, doing, I'm just missing the UK slightly. <laughs> uh, I've left Dougal back in the UK. So, um, sensible. Yeah, I've got some. I basically want to go on holiday in my new caravan. Oh, of course. So, yes. It's a new caravan. <laughs> yes. Very cute. Very cute. Lovely. Yeah. Well, I won't take up any more of your time, but thank you very much. And I'll see you at the NEC in October. In October. Yes. NEC, I will be there every on stage. Day. Yes. On stage, sweeping it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you. It's towards the end of the, my first day and my one and only day here at the Caravan Salon in Dusseldorf. And I'm back in Hall 14 where I started today. And I have met someone else I know. And it's none other than who a lot of people in the UK will know. It's Kevin Newton. Hello, Kevin. Hello, John. How are you? I'm very well. So you've still got an English accent, even though you, how long have you lived in New Zealand? So uh, it'll be 25 years. In October, Carlo left the UK. Yeah, left it all behind. Started a new life. Yeah, and so back at back in the back twenty five years ago, you were what marketing manager? Correct, Bailey. I remember that time. Bailey, a professional, as it is now. Yes, yeah. And then what? So what do you? What are you doing in New Zealand? So I've pretty much stayed in the industry since moving. I did have a three and a half year spell out of the industry back in the mid noughties but I now own a business called RBE Supplies and as the name would suggest, we're an importer and distributor for a number of leading supplier brands across the RV industry. We tend to call them in New Zealand, but I don't know in caravan. Okay. Well, we'll definitely arrange a, a follow-up interview with you about all things New Zealand. <laughs> so what, what brings you all the way to Dusseldorf? That's quite a long way. You're the person that's yeah. come the furthest yeah. I've met today. <laughs> okay. So, and you're, there's other people here from New Zealand and particularly from Australia. Are there? So, yeah, it's quite a crusade or, or pilgrimage up to Caravan Salon. I suppose, uh, and I suppose the last couple of years there's lockdown and you haven't been able to come, so there's a lot of catching up to do. Correct. With yeah. three years since my last visit to the show. Wow. And uh, that was, you know, couldn't come uh, in 2020 and 2021. Mm -hmm. And why do I come? It's, it's very simple, John. We've got possibly 60% of the suppliers that we deal with across the industry here in one of two halls, either Hall 13 or 14, where we are currently. So it's an excellent opportunity for me to come and speak face-to-face -face with our suppliers, discuss new products, pricing, industry and supply chain challenges, market conditions, and so on. And it's invaluable for me to understand and also to see any potential new products that may be of use for us in our quest to, uh, to run our business in New Zealand. And so how many days will you be at the show? So I'll be here for four days in total. And Monday will be my last day of the start of my journey back to NZ on Tuesday. Gosh. It is a long way to come, there's no doubt about it. But yeah, great opportunity for you to see so many people. Yeah, of course. And this morning has been, because of the circumstances, you know, been a lot of hugs and embraces uh, <laughs> with people that I haven't seen. We've grown, you know, very close to it over the years. Yeah, so how long have you had your business, did you say? So 14 years in November since I've purchased the company. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the suppliers we've dealt with since, you know, day one. Yeah. I either acquired the relationships when I purchased Company, or we've made you know, very uh, in the early days. Yeah, 
So are you a wholesaler in, in New Zealand? Yeah, we are. We're not, we, not B2B, not B2C. So we do, um, the business when I purchased it had a retail shop facility in the town, in the city of Pouts, where it's based. And in those days, it was literally the only RV shop, if you like, in Hamilton itself. So I've actually retained that. We call it now a showroom rather than a shop. And 98% of our business is, is wholesale distribution to the trade and to manufacturers. Right. But we do, we have that little bit of retail activity direct to consumer through the Hamilton store. And of course, yeah. online. Been online since 2009. Of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So give me an example of some of your customers here. Like we're on the two day standard. Yes. Right? So we're the Tula RV distributor in New Zealand. Very nice. Uh, we also distribute the Truman range of products in New Zealand. Uh, yes. And uh, a vast array, Max View from the UK. Oh, yeah. We have their product, Vango, inflatable awnings. Mm-hmm. I rushed back from my meeting with them actually down in Hall 3, which you'll probably know is a long way. Is a highly welcome. No, it's not. Yes. <laughs> so Vango, uh, and, and, you know, there's, uh, say, a significant number of other suppliers here in the hall mm-hmm. that we do on a regular basis. So outside of these two halls, have you seen anything else interesting? No, so that's that's always one of the weaknesses of coming to Dusseldorf <laughs> is that I spent four days in the supplier halls uh, and never actually get to see the exhibition. So I've actually deliberately tried to leave Monday as clear as possible meetings yeah. with the intention of actually walking around the show. It'll be a it's a should be a quieter day than Saturday. Oh, so yes, that's true. Those two days are historically pandemonium. Yes, with retail consumers in the show. Uh, so Monday, it's my intention this year to go and try and have a look around and see what's happening on the vehicle side, because that tends to also drive the aftermarket side you know, two years down the track. Um, so, you know, I'm looking for trends, yep. changes that you do, obviously, when mm. you're doing your immediate consultant. Cool. All right, that's fine. Thank you very much. We're good, really good to see you. And we will definitely arrange a follow-up chat in the the week's time was look forward yeah. to it, Joe. Thank you, So it's now, gosh, it's gone six o'clock and I've been at the show all day, but I found someone else from the UK here and it's a Shane from WeBuyAnyMotorCaravan.com. Yeah. Yep. Shane, tell us your name and what you do. And... Okay, so long story short, my name's Shane. I've been in, just in the industry since I was about two years old. I used to go into my dad's work. My dad used to work at a company just outside of Derby. We've been doing this company itself since 2007 so it's been a long time now and i absolutely love the industry i'd not come out here really for business so much it's just to pleasure see and things. is this your first time at the caravan salon first time at the caravan salon love to go to the nec every year yeah love it so what are your first impressions of this show big <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> very i just can't believe how big the place is including everything like the the german market outside and food markets it's just something special, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. No, I've come, I've been coming for several years. So you'll be back again another year? Every year now, without a Really? Yeah. Cool. And what have you seen that's grabbed your attention? There's so much. And because we've seen so much, it's a difficult one to choose. But it's nice to see things like the the millionaires, I guess the million hair oh, hall, yeah. where you or get five. to see a full range. It's, it's more just seeing the full range of everything rather than just, you know, if you was at you only see in February, you you had one Morello there, I think it was. Mm-hmm. You had no Concorde, I don't think there was any Burst in there. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to be able to see all the ranges. Mm-hmm. Do you sell some of those big ones? Get them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's not many around. 
yeah. I'm sure you'll appreciate. Yeah, that's true. So you've, have you been, how many days are you here for? Today and tomorrow and maybe Sunday morning. Okay, so you've got, it'll be, it'll be busier tomorrow though into the public. Yeah, I don't think we'll be doing much tomorrow. It'll just be a quick, <laughs> quick potter around. And are you videoing as well while you're here? Then are you we've, doing some content? We've pretty much done that all today. Have you? There's been four of us going around today. So that's, that's been today because I don't think we'll get much of a chance tomorrow because this has been the trade day today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the attendance figures over the weekend are mind-blowing compared to the NEC and stuff. So yeah. It's absolutely crazy. So what else have you seen today that you can remember? <laughs> It was good to see some of the, the burstness because obviously they've got the prototype, the Lizio with the, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the pop top at the front. Mm -hmm. Good to see some of the Heimers. They, they have the new Heimer. I forget what the name of it was now. Well, the Vision. The Vision, yeah, yeah. which are about £230,000. Yes, yes. They look really, really nice. Stunning, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And just some of the caravans. I mean, I've come with a guy called Mark who knows his caravans well. And it's been good for him to show me some of them. I never appreciated some of the prices that they are now. Having seen the motorhomes go up in price so much over the last two, three years, and then realizing there was a hundred thousand euro caravans wow, really? <laughs> available. Oh, no, I haven't seen it. Which brands were those? Good to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember short. Probably some of those cabes or some of the big yeah. Swedish stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Some lovely, lovely, lovely things. Yeah. Do you think they're different to the UK stuff? Yeah, definitely. Uh, just the, just the layouts is the main thing. It's a bit more quality. There's a bit more personality to some of them as well. Yeah, they're quite different. I and mean, they certainly, yeah, just look at things differently. Yeah. Uh, whether it's just the lifestyle, I always think, is it the lifestyle or the, the weather? They don't spend as much time inside them as maybe the Brits. I don't know whether the other thing is, is the weight of them. Because obviously some of the top end ones, we haven't really had the, the towing capacity in the UK. You've got to get the bigger cars. You've had to add the bigger license. Whether that changes going forward. Right. That's a good point. And equally with the price of the new motorhomes now, will it mean that people go to caravans? Ah, uh, yes. Because it's a smaller investment. Yeah. Mm, it's good. And any trends that you've noticed here rather than any trends? I mean the other year it was all it was all camper van conversions with pop roofs and pop top roofs as a new thing. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a similar sort of thing, you know, you've seen the likes of Death Lefts and Burston and so on. They've all adopted the Fords and the Nissans. Anything that can pretty much get their hands on exactly. just to continue down that camper van yeah. market. Yeah. And there's so many of them as well. Yeah, I've had a, spent a long time on the canal stand and interviewed somebody there. And of course, they've gone to VWT 6.1s, yes. which look really nice. That's yeah. One of my favourites, definitely. What's happening in the UK at the moment? You've, you just said, you're just telling me you just had your one of your best months. Yeah. So, I mean, what was a small company for us? We were just, or well, we're just about to sell six to six in a month to the dealer group that we've got. So it's going really good. In terms of the UK stock levels, the new stuff is doing really well just because you can't get it. The older stuff has started to soften a little bit as we go out to the end of the season. But the stock is just still a massive problem. And I can't believe it seems to be getting worse rather than better. Really? Gosh, gosh. How that is with the caravans, you'll probably tell <laughs> better than I will. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's curious, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Very okay, well, I won't take any more of your time. You're probably desperate to get out of here at any <laughs> moment now. Enjoy tomorrow. Thank you and, very much. And uh, you'll be at the NEC, I suppose. Absolutely. Every day. Yeah, brilliant. Cool. Thank you very much, Shane. Nice, John. So I hope you enjoyed those interviews and agree that it was a really, really interesting show. If you went to the show and can think of anything else that you saw that I didn't get around to seeing, please let me know. And if you didn't go to the show, there's still time to get tickets. If you want to pop out, the, sh the exhibition centre is right next to the airport. It's like 
a 20 euro taxi ride or there is a bus as well which takes you straight there it's well worth going i will definitely be there next year and next year though remind me to wear some more comfortable shoes because my feet were very sore by the end of the day from walking around a total of 16 halls i should have yeah had my, put my strava on it and, and measured how far i'd walked that would have been but that would have been quite interesting so yeah, I really enjoyed my visit. Very grateful for everyone who spared time to talk to me for this episode. It was really good to see some familiar faces there and meet some new ones as well. I wish I'd had more time to look around, particularly, yeah, 13, 14, some of the supplier stuff, but also I think Hall 3 was fascinating because I, I love the travel side of it as well. So there's no doubt this year's show definitely going to be a big success. It'll be really interesting to see what the final attendance figures come in at. I know that over the first weekend, plus the preview day, they had 70,000 visitors. That's pretty impressive. Maybe not quite the peak of some previous years, right? Pretty sure they had like 100,000 over the weekend, but I know that they're very... I did speak to show director Stefan Schoker, uh, and he was very pleased with the figures and looks like it's going to be a massive success. Um, it was nice that all the COVID restrictions were removed. Didn't need to show a COVID pass to get in this year or wear a mask. And there weren't the the array of hand sanitizer stations that there were last year. I did need a flight, a mask for my flight to and from Germany, actually, which, was, which caught me out a little bit. So, yeah, hope you enjoyed it. And I will catch you again. Oh, don't forget, if you want to see some of the show highlights, Google Andrew Ditton on YouTube and he's already got a good, great video out showing some of the products that we talked about in this episode. So that's it for now. Thank you very much. Speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it and would really appreciate it if you could share it with as many people as possible. Even better, please give me a five-star review in iTunes. It'd be a great help. If you'd like me to interview you, want to suggest someone to interview, or interested in sponsoring this podcast, or want to get in touch with me for any reason, please drop me a line at john at rawlingscommunications.com or message me on Instagram at rawlings underscore comms. Thanks very much. Bye for now.